This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Love My Skivvies, a monthly subscription service for undies that are as cute as they are comfy. And ladies, these are designed for workouts and your everyday life. Just pick your size and your style, and you'll never have to think about what's in your panty drawer again, because badass women need panties that live up to our adventures. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey, hey. And we have FBG Kristen. Yo. And today, Jen and I actually, we did this interview together. It's with Siri Daly, and she is lovely. She is the wife of Carson Daly, who's on the Today Show and The Voice, but she's also, in her own right, she's a great food blogger, and she created this cookbook that is gorgeous. I love this cookbook that she created, and so she's on the show today to talk about that. And then it turns out, Jen and I, you and I both have stories about TRL and Carson Daly used to be the host of TRL back in the day. So what is your TRL story? Oh, my gosh. Back in the day. I also love how, like, in the beginning of this interview, we don't really talk about Carson Daly that much because it really is about her. Yes, and you never yes. even know that she was, like, mar- married to a celebrity, even though she is a celebrity in her own right because she's, like, on the Today Show. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, she's, you know, got this cookbook and everything. But it's funny when she does start kind of talking about him because it, it, like, made me flash back to – when I got to be in the audience of TRL. So I was in college as part of the, I was in journalism school, part of the magazine club I was in. Every year we would take a trip to New York City and we'd get to tour all of these cool magazine offices. And we went to like GQ because we had a bunch of alum from Mizzou that were in all these places. And so they set up interviews and stuff. So we like, we got to meet the editor of GQ. We got to go to like um, Cosmo, like a bunch of different places. It was so fun. But one day, we're on this trip, we're walking down the street, and we're, you know, dressed like we're going to magazine offices. So we look, you know, like business casual, but walking around, well, at least we think so. And this guy comes up to us, a group of um, me and a few other fellow students, and is like, hey, do you guys want to be in the audience of TRL today? And we're like, well, we don't have to be anywhere for another, like, two hours. Sure. Sure. <laughs> And so we come up and they don't tell you. I think this is similar to your experience, Margaret, where they don't tell you who's going to be on the show or who was. It's, I act like the show is still on TV. Like they don't they didn't tell you who's going to be on the show until you were in the audience mm-hmm. and they like come out. So you get like a really strong reaction from the crowd, I imagine. And it, it's exciting. And of course, the studio is like super tiny. So we wait forever. It was right after the Winter Olympics. And this was in 2002. And we're standing there waiting. And I was like really hoping for, you know, like, well, I'll be honest, like a pop star, like a boy band, because those are the TRL days. But Apollo Ono came out, the the very decorated Olympian speed skater. And he was super cool. And it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, I'm standing like 10 feet from Carson Daly and an Olympian. And this is so cool. And it was just such a surprise. It was it was just a really, really cool thing. And of course, you know, I called all of my friends that were back home and I was like, watch TRL today. Watch TRL today. I'm going to be on TV. And I was on TV for like a millisecond. It was cool. <laughs> 
What's your story, Margo? So it was a couple of years before that, and it was Mariah Carey had an album called The Number Ones. And basically, it was all of her, she had a bunch of number one songs, you know, in, in the 90s. And I remember that. Yeah. And it was funny because I had a friend that worked at a record company in PR. And they said, Mariah can't do TRL in the day. It was a live show. They said, they're actually going to tape a show just for her for TRL. And it's going to be on a Sunday afternoon. Do you want to go? And I brought a couple of friends with me. And we're like, yeah, okay, we'll go. And we looked so much more normal than her fans who were like rabid fans. Like they looked like they're panting. Like they just couldn't wait to see her. So we actually sat really close to her, you know, because they wanted like more normal people. She shows up two hours late. And then she looked beautiful, by the way. And Carson w- was so lovely the way he dealt with her because immediately as soon as she sits down, she goes, I'm hungry. And they're like, Mariah's hungry. Where do we get Mariah food? So somebody goes, we have pretzels. She goes, okay. So they bring in pretzels. And then she looks at it and she just turns up her nose. She goes, flavored pretzels, please. So they had to go out and find flavored pretzels for Mariah. And, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then when they brought them, she ate like two or three of them. She goes, oh, that's good. And then she just put it away. And then the rest of the time, she just did the interview and she was perfectly lovely and fine. But that between the three of my three friends, whenever we're dealing with someone who's high maintenance, we just go flavored pretzels. And it just uh, <laughs> brings us back to Mariah. My friend's a mom now. So when her kid's being a pain in the ass, she's just like, oh, it's a flavored pretzels day. So anyway. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never oh, look at flavored that. pretzels the same way again. So, yeah, so Kristen, that's my TRL story, and that's Jen's TRL story. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. And also, that's awesome. You guys, I'm going to be at a podcast convention in August in New Orleans. Yay! Yeah. So I'm going to be representing for Book Versus Movie and also for the Fit Bottom Girls, and it's August 10th, 11th, 12th in New Orleans. And if you guys are interested, you go to the website pottern.love. And you could check out, there's a bunch of independent podcasts that are going to be up there. You can meet me. For now, they have me scheduled 9 a.m. Saturday. <laughs> so we'll see who shows up for that. If it's a, you know, we, we'll either do a workout or if it's a bunch of hungover people, we'll just walk and get a coffee or something. <laughs> I'm open either way. I've never been to New Orleans. I am super, super psyched. So if you guys are interested, go check it out. Pottern.love. They have a special rate for the hotel room. And if you use the code FIT, FIT, F-I-T, you get a discount on your tickets. So I just wanted to, if you wanted to meet FBG Margo, that's where I'm going to be. And I'll be sweating like crazy. So just tell me I look pretty. <laughs> in I August, like in New Orleans, mess. you will be, yes. Yeah, yes. everyone will be. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess well, we Awesome. Go- and I'll just say that it, Margo is a delight. So if you're in the area or you're going, you should meet Margo. She's awesome. Thank you. All right. So let's get right into our interview today with Siri. Remember, this episode is sponsored by Love My Skivvies, a monthly subscription service for undies that we absolutely adore. Ladies, you got to check them out at lovemyskivvies.com. Okay, that's L-U-V-M-Y-S-K-I-V-V-I-E-S.com. And for being a listener, you can even save 25% off your first month. Just enter the code FBG, that's for Fit Bottom Girls, FBG, at checkout, and you're good to go. Again, that's lovemyskivvies.com, L-U-V, M-Y-S-K-I-V-V-I-E-S dot com. Siri Daily is always thinking one meal ahead. 
Like many parents trying to feed their families, Siri's a very busy cook who churns out daily meals for her three kids, all under the age of 10, and her bi-coastal husband, Carson Daly, of The Voice and Today Show. While momming hard and loving it, the decision to write about food on her blog, Seriously Delicious, was a no-brainer. Food has always been her passion. She is on the show today to talk about her debut cookbook, Seriously Delicious, 100 Nutritious and Not-So-Nutritious Simple Recipes for the Real Home Cook. Welcome to the show, Siri. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Well, thanks for being on the show today. This is FBG Margo. And on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. I want to start with your new cookbook, which arrived yesterday, and I want to tell you guys, it's gorgeous. It's called Seriously Delicious. It's your first cookbook, but your fourth baby, as we were saying right. off the air. It's, <laughs> so, it's my fourth child. It's your fourth child. So tell us all about what got you started with food writing. First, you had your blog, and now you have this gorgeous book. That's right. Yeah. I started my food blog, also called Seriously Delicious, about eight years ago. It was sort of shortly after my my first child was born. And I had always thought I'd go back to work, but I don't know, something after, you know, everything changes after you have a, a kid. So I, I, I couldn't quite go back into the like office setting and I knew I needed to do something creative and I missed that whole aspect. So I started my food blog um, for, you know, two reasons to kind of keep that creative voice flowing. And then also I was suddenly like, oh, I have to keep like this little small human alive and, and feed him every day and and my husband and whatnot. So I like was in this domestic setting suddenly and I wanted to keep track of what I was cooking. And I've always, always loved food. I've loved eating. I've loved cooking. And I just think it's fun and, and you know, not, I know a lot of people kind of get intimidated by, by like the recipe process. So with my food blog, I kind of wanted to strip it all down and just share mistakes along the way and triumphs and and then over time, you know, that kind of just translated into this cookbook. Wow, that's really cool. Can you talk a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes when you create a cookbook? Because I think that process, like, you know, it, it is a beautiful cookbook. And I, I, I know from people Thank that have you. written them, it takes so much time and work. What was it that does. process like for you? It was crazy. It was a foreign process to me because it's my first, obviously. So, you know, I guess, you know, the initial process is kind of figuring out, you know, what obviously, you know, your angle is going to be and then what recipes you want to include. I included about, I would say, maybe 30 to 40 percent of recipes from my blog. Um, but then, you know, they were all kind of revamped and retwisted. And then I decided to create, you know, uh, about 60% of, of new fresh recipes. So that whole process is one thing, just like the development. Then comes the fun part, you know, eating and tasting and developing the actual recipes. And I worked with a great, like, team of people at Time Inc. And, you know, it's, it's really always, like, a team effort. It's not, like, just you alone. <laughs> At least it wasn't for me, you know, um, slaving away all day long, but it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was, I did that last spring because you know, when you get into ruts over what you're going to cook, like that time of my life was amazing because I knew exactly what I was going to eat every day because I was testing out all of these recipes. <laughs> and then comes, you know, the photography and we did, you know, the cover shot last summer and all the, what they call like lifestyle photography, which is, you know, my, my, I wanted my family to be, you know, part of the book because it's all about, it's all about family and it's all about, you know, my life. And I really wanted it to show like a real snapshot of what it's like to, to be a mom and to, to try to, you know, 
churn out daily meals. So that's why even on the cover, you'll see a little, a uh, little Chelsea doll, little Barbie doll <laughs> sitting in a Mason jar lid. I noticed um, so that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, and I have like my phone in my back pocket. It's just, I wanted it to feel real as real as it, as it can feel, even though I'm like, Oh, now I'm making fried chicken and blogging at the same time. But, and yeah, then after that is the writing. And that process was, was my favorite process, but definitely the, the hardest and the longest process. Cause I really wanted to tell a story with each recipe because that's what food is to me. It really is a creative process of sharing food with people you love and each recipe really does have a story in the book. And, you know, I, I like to kind of keep it light and fun and not so serious. So there's my, the pun on my name. Don't mm-hmm. take everything so seriously. So like, yeah, fans of puns. <laughs> puns are fun. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like puns when I was a kid though. I like hated people would always say, are you serious? Or do you want some cereal? And oh, but now, but now I'm, your name. I'm embracing it. Pun, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the writing process was awesome. And then, and now it's like all, it's all, it's all happening. So it's very exciting. So you're a self-taught chef, correct? Exactly. I'm just a, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even refer to myself as a chef. I'm a self-taught, passionate home cook. You know, I didn't go to culinary school. I watched the Food Network for like my entire twenties, that whole decade. And um, I'm, you know, an avid like cookbook reader and i before I started my own food blog, or, and even now, I still look at a tons of other blogs, and I just, I'm just, I mean, I guess a foodie, if you want to call it. I just love food. I love the whole process. I love learning new things. I love, like, when there's a recipe that is going around breaking the internet, and you just have to try it. I just, the, the whole thing, I just, I love it. So, so my, so my follow-up is that, is there one recipe that you mastered that just made you feel like such a rock star? Do you remember what that was? Um... Well, early on, and this sounds probably silly, but it was like probably like a pesto sauce, like early on, because I don't know, there was something about that that just seemed so sort of like fancy to me at that time in my life. And when I realized how simple it is to like make your own sauce and and salad dressing and things that you kind of just always take for granted, like, well, I'm going to, you know, I buy that at the store. It's like, no, actually you can, you can make these on your own. But as far as like a pretty kind of complex recipe I will definitely say it was beef bourguignon and I used Julia Child's recipe when my son was six months old because you know you know back like when when it's your first child you celebrate like every month of their birthday at least we did <laughs> yep um and like to an ext- like we had like balloons and cake like every <laughs> month <laughs> and his six month birthday happened to be Julia Child's birthday August 15th so I was like, I'm, and I had just seen the movie Julie and Julia. And yeah. so I, I made that. And then over time, and there's the recipe in my book, I've kind of, you know, twisted it into my own. It's a slow cooker version, actually. So I it noticed. kind of saves you with time and all that stuff, but it's equally delicious. So yeah, I would say that. That's awesome. That's, that's pretty epic, really. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that every recipe has a story and clearly that recipe, you know, has a story. Mm-hmm. Is there another recipe and story that really stands out to you that you might want to share with us? Well, there is a certain recipe that is always, always a huge hit that's in the book. It's, they're called Lucy's ham sandwiches or sticky ham sandwiches. And um, Lucy was my my very dear friend's mother and she was actually my mom's very close friend and 
you know, I grew up in Minnesota and she would always make these sandwiches. So the recipe is really inspired by her. But she uh, unfortunately passed away from Alzheimer's early on, you know, early Alzheimer's. And so that recipe is definitely like one that I hold dear because um, and I and I write about it in the book because she was just this dynamic, lovely woman that everybody adored. And it makes me so happy that over the years, as I've shared this recipe on my blog, like people now, it's like their go-to and they call they call it Lucy's ham sandwiches was just like feel makes me just feel so happy that her, you know, her memory is being carried on in this way. So that that would be probably one where that, you know, story really feels meaningful. Isn't it amazing how food can almost kind of like transcend time in so many ways? Because I think so many of us, yeah, have those memories attached to food and recipes and kind of like almost when you're missing someone, you can kind of like make their dish or something and kind of feel like, yeah, I love that. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Totally. The ingredients, the visual aspect of it, the smells, like it can take you back and completely, you know, make you think of something or a time or a place. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. If we were to go over and just take a little peek into your fridge right now, mm. what are the staples you could say would always we could always find there? Well, we have like probably 12 bottles of hot sauce <laughs> of all different kinds. I don't know why, but but like but I do know why. Like each one is very important for different reasons. <laughs> we've got like our Louisiana hot sauce, we've got the sriracha, we've got the Cholula with the chipotle and then the regular I mean at Tabasco it's it's ridiculous like we have a whole shelf of of hot sauce and my kids don't eat well that's not true my my son is actually starting to some hot sauce on like his quesadillas and stuff but I don't think I'm not saying you need 12 hot sauces by the way I'm just telling you I'm being honest about my fridge Um, (laughs) uh, although I think you should have at least sriracha because that's just um, one of my favorite things in the world and let's see I always have a big chunk of fresh Parmesan cheese instead of, you know, like the pre-grated stuff, because first of all, it lasts forever. So you're going to really actually save money if you buy like, even though it seems expensive, it can be like whatever, like a $10 chunk of cheese, like it will last you for months and months and months. And it's so much better when you just kind of grate it over anything like cheese, uh, pasta, salads, soups, whatever it is. So I always have that. I always have arugula because I'm obsessed with arugula. And I probably eat it every day and avocados as well. Mm-hmm. Although I don't keep those in my fridge. We have Bloody Mary mix. <laughs> Can I talk about that? Awesome. <laughs> um, and that's, that's your husband's recipe, right? He has his yes, own Bloody yes. Mary mix or his own Bloody he, Mary yes. recipe that you, you he does. That's, do we have in the book? It's, yeah, it's come, it's become sort of famous over time. Although it's funny that that's a funny story because he wouldn't really, he doesn't want to tell me his actual recipe. So like, <laughs> I had to kind of like, just go for it and get as close as I could. And I, and I think I, I did really well, but he's just very like, Oh, sure. Go put it in my book, but I'm not, I'm not giving you any, any pointers. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like, it's his baby. It's his fourth baby, that Bloody Mary recipe, but it's, it's so good. And at, like everywhere we go, people request it. Even people that like, don't usually like Bloody Marys. There's just something about it that, that is, it is great. I'm gonna have to make that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, to Sunday, do. fun day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do your do your kids cook with you? Does your husband cook with you or do is is cooking like more of like me time for you? No, they do. I mean, it's 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 both. I I definitely yeah. love to have that me time, but I I love to get them involved and they're definitely becoming more and more interested in it and especially with baking, that's kind of where at least the girls 
my, my younger two, the girls want to help me out. And obviously they want to just eat the cookie dough or whatever we're making, but yeah. they love to pour everything. They love to crack the eggs. So they have a lot of fun doing that. And my son, who is nine, he really is showing more of an interest in, in like, you know, cooking things on the stove. He can make his own quesadilla. He can make scrambled eggs. He likes to kind of chop. My, my mother had given him like a, you know, a good knife for kids for Christmas. So he has fun doing, doing those things. And, and we just like always seem to just gather in the kitchen. So even if they're not helping, they're just kind of there at the island and we're all, you know, Carson's either playing bartender or he does a lot of the grilling in the house. So, you know, it, it definitely can be a, a team family effort. So your husband is Carson Daly and he is on the Today Show. And there are times you're a contributor to the show. So the two of you will be on air making recipes. And mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, what's it like to prepare a meal in front of millions of people? Like, do you ever get nervous? Yes. I always <laughs> get nervous. <laughs> I'm always waiting for like the one day when I don't feel nervous, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, but it really is it's it's such a family atmosphere there and i've i've come to know you know the you know the crew and and the the anchors and it they really take the pressure off because it's you do sort of feel like you're just kind of at home and you you can kind of forget at least right before they go live that people are watching at least i try to forget that and and it does help to cook with carson because it feels very natural and it feels like we're kind of you know mimicking a, an experience at home but no, there are definitely times that I, I feel like I black out <laughs> segments over and I'm like, okay, what just happened? Don't know. Because it's fast. I mean, and you don't know how much time yeah, you're going to get yeah. until right before because if they're running late, you know, with the show and they're like, okay, you you just went from four minutes to two minutes. So have fun. Bye. You're one, two, three live. And so you just kind of have to go with it and, and just do the best you can. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always wondered with all the food, like when you're on there making a segment, you like make the food and everyone's like eating the food and like, this is delicious. You know, like, yeah. does, does everyone get to take it home? Do you take it home? Oh, it's so like funny. I don't usually, but people from out of nowhere, I, I, like the second we're not live producers and crew, they just show up. I don't even know where <laughs> they come from with Tupperware and they're just grabbing there's putting stuff in Tupperware it's like a it's like a trying to a competition like who can get there the fastest and like you know fill up their Tupperware and then they and then they leave and go back to 30 Rock they have their lunch um <laughs> it's hilarious yeah that is funny that's yeah. really funny which is I would do that if I were them and oh, I had totally. to you know go back to my <laughs> like yeah and you have like these amazing you know chefs and you know right. everyone along like making food mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you used to work in television full time. And I think that's how you met your husband. Yes. What's been the biggest adjustment about being a full time mom? I mean, obviously, you, you're a cookbook writer, and you are busy. But what's the difference between going to, you know, an office every day versus your life? Yeah. Now? I mean, I think when I mean, this was nine years ago now, but I know it was definitely a difficult adjustment for me, because I, I didn't quite have a plan. I knew like, I thought I was maybe gonna go back to work. And then, as I kind of mentioned earlier, it just everything sort of your whole mindset changes. And so I think my biggest adjustment was just trying to balance it all and find time for myself, because obviously when you're when you're working, you know, you're kind of you're focused on that. You're focused on your job or your task or and it's it's kind of more all about, you know, yourself and what you need to get done. And when when you're just you know, when you're at home it's very easy to just kind of be absorbed by your kids and just get and focus on that and, and sort of almost feel like you don't 
you're, you're not like worthy of your own time. At least that's, I struggled with that a lot when, when Jack was little. And it took me a while to figure out that balance and to realize, hey, it's, it's okay. And actually, it's better for everyone if mommy gets out of the house for a while and mommy does her nails and mommy goes and runs or whatever. Do you go to the grocery store by yourself? Doesn't whatever if, if you know, whatever. You just need to do something that makes you feel good that has nothing to do with your family. And it just, you know, it took a while for me to kind of figure that out and and find that balance. Yeah, I would. I, have, I only have um, I have a a three-year-old and okay. yeah I feel like I have sometimes have to just be incredibly like like I almost feel selfish like I have to be yeah. like no I have to be selfish about like this 30 minutes of my day is only right. about me but it's not selfish <laughs> I think that's right. the problem is like we yes. feel like it's selfish but it's not like it you you'll be a better mom if yeah. I mean I've had those moments where I come home and I literally sit in my car for like 20 minutes before I go into the house <laughs> and I'm just like well, I just, it's just quiet and I can just listen to the radio for just like 20 more minutes. <laughs> right. But you know, you just like, we have to do what we do to, to keep ourselves sane and to be better humans and moms and all that stuff. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. obviously when we take time for ourselves, like, yeah, yes. like you said, you're better yeah. at every, you're better at everything. Yeah. So nowadays, what is a typical day like for you? And I understand that may be kind of a little bit difficult to answer if you're like on the show or not or writing or whatever. Well, right. but, yeah. Yeah. Now, this year was kind of a big adjustment because my middle child went to kindergarten. So now it's like two of them, like on a weekday are, are gone from eight 30 to three 30. But the mornings are always hectic because Carson is at the today show and it's, it's just me in the mornings and it's just like, I've gotten it down to a routine, but like you never know how your kids are going to wake up. (laughs) <laughs> they're either happy or they're like extremely moody or they're not hungry and I'm force feeding one child and the other one is able to, you know, eat on her own. And it's just like always a challenge of making lunches, making sure that their homework was done from the night before, because sometimes we have to do some of it in the morning and, you know, just getting dressed, getting like our bus comes at a certain time and I'm, I'm like, we will not miss the bus. <laughs> like I will not drive you. I will not get stuck in that routine. So I'm yeah. pretty uh, strict about just getting them out of the house. And and then I drive my youngest to like a little preschool and it's like, oh, okay, I can breathe now for a little bit. And um, I've been doing um, a bar class like, mm. you know, a couple times a week, which is a n- new thing for me in the last couple of years. But it's been so, so amazing to like, again, and like it's time. What I think I love about it so much is not only because I never used to really work out. So it's not it's not even just the the working out, but it's like, I only focus on myself and my body for an hour. I don't think about anything else. It's like completely mind clearing, almost like meditative in a way. So I I, I try to do that a couple times a week and then, and then I'm horrible at meal planning. So maybe I'll have to go to the store (laughs) the third time in the week. And, and if, yeah, like you said, if I have the show, I'll go in, you know, early with Carson and, you know, lately I've been pretty busy with uh, all the, the book promotions and stuff like that. So every day is a little different. We have a fabulous nanny that comes um, a little bit. Her schedule is different every every week, but, you know, so we can make it all work. It takes a village. It's, it does. It does. It really does. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of villages, uh, <laughs> this is my segue. You, so we're talking okay. about social media, and you and your friends started an Instagram account called Real Moms Wear Gray. Yes. Can you please talk about that? So that started, the, the, the Real Moms Wear Gray idea was a, was a phrase that two friends and I, so the three of us, started saying to each other because 
and we live all across the country. One is in California, one is in Wisconsin, and I'm out on the East Coast. So all day long, we kind of like would text each other and we would be sending each other pictures of like just kind of maybe embarrassing mom moments or we would take a selfie and say, hey, look, I'm still in my my sweats. And we kind of developed this just catchphrase like, well, we are always wearing gray. Real moms wear gray. But what I wanted to do with the Instagram account was create like a safe space for people to feel like they can go check out the feed and see any sort of mom moment, whether it's embarrassing, frustrating, infuriating, prideful, tearful, and just sort of feel like, okay, we're, we're not, we're not alone in this. I had been following, you know, other accounts and some of them were just, they just seemed way too cookie cutter perfect. And it started to make me feel bad about myself. And I was like, wait a second, why am I, first of all, judging, I'm judging, I'm being judgmental with, with them and with myself. And I just didn't like that feeling. So I wanted Real Moms Wear Gray to be sort of a just real stripped down sort of image of parenting. And so throughout the day, if people use the hashtag Real Moms Wear Gray, I'll, I'll, you know, find photos and repost them. And, you know, they're everything, like I said, from funny to to sweet to, you know, like infuriating. And it's just it's just a real snapshot of parenting, basically. That's awesome. Yep. High highs, low lows, yep. everything in between. Yep. Yep. It's never a dull exactly. moment. I love that. Um, and I, I may, <laughs> we, we have an account, um, Fit Bottomed Mama. So maybe we'll, yeah. we'll use your hashtag a little exactly. bit. Exactly. We'll we got some real, we got some real, real moms wear gray moments for sure. Mm-hmm. I would love to know on the topic of motherhood is how is it like, there, there's definitely a shift that happens. Like you think motherhood's going to be a certain way and then your mom, oh, yeah. like, okay, that's a little different. What, how is it, how is motherhood different than you thought it was going to be in your experience? Well, I always say that I was such a good mom before I had kids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you, you think like you have it all figured out. You're like, well, I won't do this and I will definitely not do this. And, and then suddenly, you know, your kids come and you're like, oh my God, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's so, it's such a, huge question because it's, 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 it's just so life changing. And I think that my favorite parts about it is how it really just took all of the focus and petty, you know, trivial things that you kind of felt about yourself, maybe prior to having, having kids, it it, like those just disappear. And you realize that like, life means so much more. And there's such a bigger you know, purpose out there. And, and then you, you know, you get to just watch these little like people grow and form into personalities. And I don't know. So, I mean, I don't know what I thought it was going to be like, but I thought that, you know, my kids would, would never watch too much TV and they would, um, (laughs) you know, I would never cook more than one meal at night because I'm not going to do that. And of course, you know, my kids are, um, as I'm talking to you, they're probably all on their iPads. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, it's such a hard question to mm-hmm. answer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So where are you thinking of going in the future with this this food career? Are you, are you looking, hopefully, to have a Food Network show of your own? Or I don't what are you know. For? I'm just kind of taking it day by day. I mean, my youngest will be, she has one more year left of preschool, then she's in kindergarten. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's like, wow, they're all gone for eight hours a day. And I, I might, you know, try to figure out a bigger step at that point, but um I mean, writing a cookbook was such a like huge life goal for me. And so I'm just kind of focusing on that right now. And, you know, the Today Show is is still a surreal experience for me. I feel so grateful to be, I mean, I grew up watching it. And so I still have to pinch myself that, you know, I get to do that from time to time and just have to take it. I, I, I can get very overwhelmed when I try to think too much into the future. And so I'm just sort of like, okay, just be happy right now and grateful and present and we'll, we'll see what happens. Did you watch TRL back in the day? <laughs> so, <laughs> I have to this know. It's actually funny. I mean, so I did, I was, I was like, yeah, I like graduated from high school in 99. So it was like major, you know, like the peak of its success, but my brother and sister, they were twins and they were four years younger than me. And actually my sister and like, she watched way more than I did. And in fact, I was like, I don't know what I was. I was like this weird goody goody like girl for a while. And I was like really into country music for this little phase of, of my life. And I just I would make fun of her for watching. Oh, Tiara. wow. That's funny. <laughs> I'd be like, this is gross. Like, why are, why are you watching this? And like acted like I was some like 90 year old grandma. Like MTV <laughs> is bad. So It's really funny. And I actually then I, ha- I had, um you know, like video record, whatever you call them, cam- camera recorders. <laughs> what were those yeah. called? Those things? Um, what? I'm blanking too. Yeah. Yeah. A, like a, like a, like a camcorder. 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 I had oh my gosh. And, I, yeah. and I had like a, like a VHS tape that I grabbed of my sisters and I had some friends over and we like made like stupid little silly videos with the camcorder. And this day I, I, or a couple years ago, watched that and I realized that what I had taped over was a TRL episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, little did I know. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I tell awesome. Carson all that. He thinks it, I think he actually enjoys it that I wasn't like a giant fan. <laughs> That's funny. How do you guys manage, I mean, schedules? Because if he's up in if he's up in the morning of the today show, but then he also goes to the West Coast, right? For Yeah, yeah. I mean he like the that when he's not doing the voice, it's pretty actually manageable because he he's up early, of course, but then he comes home pretty early and has most of the day. So like we're able to we're really lucky in that sense where we're able to really like pretty much eat together every night. Like he's not, you know, he's not home late. But then, of course, he has to go to bed at eight o'clock because he's so tired. <laughs> right. uh, but then, yeah, it does get a little hectic when when the show is live because he'll go back and forth, you know, for like six or seven weeks in a row. And but, you know. We're, we've got it kind of just down to like, we just know it's a routine and, and, you know, the kids, the kids are used to it now and I'm used to it. And I don't know how, if he's used to it, his body's always like, what time zone am I on? But, uh, yeah, but we make, we make it, we make it through. Yeah. Yeah. You sit down with your calendars and schedules be like, okay, exactly, exactly. Minutes, if you do this and yeah. Yeah. And the show over, like the, the thing with the voice is that it's always overlapping. So he's doing one season and then suddenly the blind auditions for the next season will overlap with the, the other season. So oh, like, it's just, there's like no break. It's just constant, constant. I didn't know that. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of yeah, work. Yeah. It, yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Yes, it's very intense. You have like two months of the year where like there is no, nothing voice related. So wow. it'll be like those months. Yeah. <laughs> oh 
Well, I do love that show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. So, Jen, do you have any more questions? No, I think um, if there's anything else you want to maybe leave our listeners with, and then Margo, you want to ask the final question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I go ahead. Okay. This is the most important question of all. Siri. I'm okay, Siri. <laughs> what was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Oh my gosh, it was Megan Trainer. Ooh. <laughs> is it called No Excuses? The Your Mama Taught You Better Than that Yes. One. That I, one. Yes. Please That's pretend good. I didn't just sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great <laughs> answer. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, very Fiji. It was. It was that song. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for doing the show today. And this is your first Skype interview, so we feel very excited. It was. Thank you, guys. It was so much fun to talk to you. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.